With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on MazingBrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. With me, as always, today. Maize and Brew recruiting contributor, John Simmons. John, how you doing today, brother? I'm good here, Vaughn. Starting to thaw out a little bit. Looking forward to some 40-degree <laughs> uh, days, you know, really turn the heat up out here. Yeah, well, 40 degrees, it sounds a little nice. We're, we're going to get a little bit of that here in southeast Michigan as well. Um, yeah, hopefully no more, like, uh, century... Uh, historical snowstorms. I'm I'm kind of over that. Um, n- no more snow. That's that's just my plea to Mother Nature at this time. No more snow. Uh, but uh, before we begin today's show and dive into some football recruiting, as we usually do, just want to give a quick mention that uh, at this time, all Maze and Brew podcasts are now looking for a head presenting sponsor. So we will give your business product, whatever it is. We'll give it a 30-second read right at the top of every podcast. So if you're looking to grow that business or whatever it is and put it in front of thousands of people every single week, send us a DM on the Mason Brew Twitter, or you can send me an email at L-O-Z-O-N, the number one V as in Vaughn, T as in Thomas, at gmail.com. So just wanted to give a quick mention of that. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into football recruiting. Uh, because we're going to start today's show with some good news. It's kind of been a while since uh, that has happened on the recruiting trail for Michigan. But Jim Harbaugh, Mike Hart, the Wolverines, they picked up a commitment over the weekend from 2023 three-star in-state running back 
Nicole Cabana, who is officially in the running for the coolest name of the recruiting cycle. Uh, He is six foot. He is 180 pounds from the city of Dexter, Michigan, had a pretty good junior season, ran for 1,688 yards, 24 touchdowns, also had 32 catches for 368 yards and four touchdowns. And he also runs track and field at his high school recently clocked a verified time of a 4.34 40 yard dash also at a 6.85 60 meter and a 10.69 100 meter dash he chose Michigan over Michigan State the in-state rival he also had some other offers from Cincinnati Syracuse Purdue Pitt Louisville uh, the list goes on and on there He's ranked number seven in the state of Michigan, number 22 at the running back position, number 362 overall on 24-7 Sports' composite. Now with him on board, he is the fifth commitment for Michigan's 2023 class, the third player from the state of Michigan as he joins uh, three-star wide receiver Samaj Morgan and kicker Adam Samaha. So, John, you have uh, uh, scouted Cole Cabana, and uh, let, let's just go through this uh, scouting report that you have on mazenbrew.com. Take us through what he's really good at and what he's going to need to work on before he gets to Ann Arbor. Yeah, so the biggest thing, obviously, with him is his speed. He's really fast. He was timed at like a four three four four three five at a recent camp in Michigan. Um, he runs like a 10 six, nine in the hundred meter dash. So he's clearly very talented um, speed wise. Um, and that kind of shows up. He's, you know, accelerates really quickly and pulls ahead of the rest of the guys there. Um, he's also pretty good catching the ball, which I think is good because I kind of envision him as a gadget type player, like an AJ Henning where he can give him a lot of bubble screens and, you know, uh, flare screens out to the, the edges and let him work in space a lot. So I think that'll be uh, good for him as well. Um, you know, but he can also uh, carry the ball well. He does, he did run inside the tackles a little bit um, on his film and was able to do well with that um, with some wiggle, even though that's not really his game is more of, you know, an open space outside the tackles guy. Um, I do think he'll have to kind of adjust to the speed of the big 10 and not, you know, he's able to just to, juke guys and use the speed to get at the edge um, when he wouldn't be able to once the game speeds up. Um, you know, you can tell he always is trying to make the extra cut and uh, get pick up extra yards, but I think at the next level, he'd just be smart to kind of, uh, you know, follow his blockers and take what the play gives him rather than trying to do more and end up, uh, you know, getting a negative gain or uh, losing potential yards. So I think it'll just take a little bit of adjustment with him, but I think he can be used in a lot of different ways uh, in the offense. Yeah, I think so too. The comparison that I've seen online, and I think it's kind of a little off. I've seen a lot of people compare him to Blake Corum. I don't really see him being like Blake Corum at all, actually, because Blake, he's a lot more of a, he's a shorter running back first and foremost, but he can still get between the tackles. And like you mentioned, Cole Cabana's film didn't really show a whole lot of that kind of aspect of his game running between the tackles. So I'm not saying that he can't do it by any means. I just haven't really seen it uh, as much as what Blake Corum had in his junior and senior season highlights. 
on huddle. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that out of Cabana. And I agree. I do see him as like a gadget type of offensive player for whoever the new offensive coordinator is. And we'll talk about Josh Gaddis uh, after this conversation here, but I, I really do envision him as like an AJ Henning type gadget guy. Like you get him some plays here and there, let him utilize that speed um, and just let him go to work really. Cause with a 4.3440 yard dash time, you can do a lot with that get them on the edge, uh, really just so many different kinds of plays. So I, I don't know. I, I think the Blake Corum comparison, I think people just wanted to go to that just solely based off the speed. I don't think they're in the same ballpark as far as like player comp or anything like that. That's just my opinion here. Um, but is it still a very nice player? I, I think he has room to grow for sure. And if he's able to hit those uh, or ch- I guess check the box for the things that we want him to kind of show over his uh, next football season here, his uh, senior season. I think he could rise up in the rankings and become a four-star player. I, I don't envision him going really, really high, probably no higher than like 250, but I think he, there is room to grow in the ranking just because of how fast he is. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, a really nice player. I, I think there's certainly a lot of opportunity for him on this offense. And I think he can contribute immediately on special teams for sure. Just because of how fast he is, he could do a kickoff punt returning duties, be a gunner for the special teams. Uh, it really just so many opportunities to utilize that speed. So like you said, that's, that's certainly like the, the a plus uh, on his scouting report is with that speed. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets utilized in the offense, but as far as Michigan's 2023 class, he's the first running back for the Wolverines. And if they have it their way, he won't be the last. Someone in the comments on the Cabana commitment story that we have up on mazebrew.com, they, they asked what other guys Michigan would like to swing for the fences for. And I think there are a few guys worth swinging the fences for some, some top tier running backs that Michigan's going after. I would say Mark Fletcher is among that group. Jane Lemar is certainly up there. Samuel Singleton. Uh, he he's a fringe top 100 guy that Michigan's recruiting. And then the other one I would say is a uh, tray Webb at this time. So John, I'll, I'll pass it back over to you. Just give your thoughts on pretty much everything that I just went over. And then who do you think in this class among Michigan's other targets would be a good compliment to what Cole Cabana brings to the table. Yeah, I, uh, I compared him to Cabana to um, Chris Evans in my scouting report, which I think um, is a little bit in between Corm and Henning on like the running back wide receiver scale, where he's a little more slight and uh, didn't, wasn't as effective inside the tackles, um, but could still, you know, take handoffs and stuff as a running back. Um, so that's kind of where I fall there. Um, and then with running backs, um, yeah, those the guys you named, Fletcher, uh, Jane Lamar, Samuel Singleton, all seem to be the top targets there. They're shooting their shot with Trayon Webb, um, who's just outside the top 100, you know, was it a Oklahoma commit, I think. Um, yeah. But he's, uh, you know, I think these guys are – a little more compact, you know, Fletcher's 225. Um, I think he'd be definitely more of a bigger type um, guy that could be inside the tackles, kind of like the thunder to Cabana's lightning. Um, you know, the Sable Singleton's a little shorter and stouter. So um, I would have to watch a tape more of them to get, you know, their game down. But I think they definitely would want someone 
that can run inside the tackles and uh, take on a you know more carriers and carries and uh, you know have a heavier load um, carrying the rock rather than you know getting his touches in different ways like through the passing game, special teams like they will with Cabana. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. I mean, the thunder and lightning that they need out of this class to to pair up with Cabana because Cabana is certainly that lightning in a bottle that you can just kind of let loose, let him do his thing out in space. You certainly want a guy that can get between the tackles as well. I, I think it's super important. So yeah, I, I, I think there are certainly some options out there for Michigan in terms of being able to pair up Cabana with another guy. And they so clearly wanted another guy in the 22 class. It just didn't work out. So maybe they go for a guy in the portal and they don't end up taking another guy in the 23 class. But if, if I were a betting man, which uh, my DraftKings account would probably show I am. Uh, yeah, I would probably bet on Michigan going after and acquiring a commitment from a second running back in this class. Uh, that, that's just the way that this position is. You, you definitely, you can roll with one guy in a class, but I would say more often than not, uh, most schools would probably want two in any given class. John, any other final thoughts on Cole Cabana before we move on here? Nope. Excellent. So we're, we're going to have this be a, a quicker podcast here today, but uh, that is certainly the good news. And let's let's turn our attention to I, I wouldn't say bad news, but it's a pretty big development over the last several days here. And that's the news of Michigan offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis leaving Ann Arbor for the same job at the University of Miami, um, the three year offensive coordinator at Michigan helped turn the offense into Really what it is today, he's a very good assistant coach. He won the Broyles Award in 2021. Uh, that's the nation's top assistant coach. The offense was ranked number 25 overall in the country, averaged 443 yards per game, 36 nearly points per game. Uh, really helped Michigan get uh, past the hump of Ohio State and get to the college football playoff uh, for the first time in program history. I don't know, John, like as a recruiter, I would say he – he slowed, slowed down a little bit. He kind of dipped off over the last cycle or so gave way to some of the other assistants to be top recruiters for some of the offensive prospects. Like Ron Bellamy, for example, was like a Maureen Walker's head recruiter. Obviously the area Bellamy is from had a lot to do with that, but the fact that he kind of took over that recruitment for a guy uh, that he wouldn't even coach kind of says a lot to me because Josh Gaddis is not only the offensive coordinator, but he coached the wide receivers as well. So um, I I would not uh, really be shocked here if, uh, however, Bellamy gets to coach him now, uh, now that Gaddis is gone, maybe Bellamy shifts to the wide receiver coaching job, uh, which many are alluding that to be the case. It hasn't been made official yet, but that makes all the sense in the world to me. But nonetheless, Josh Gaddis kind of backed off from recruiting over the last year or so and giving way to guys like Ron Bellamy and some of these other uh, assistant coaches that quite frankly are just better on the recruiting trail. So I'll just throw it to you, John, how much of an impact do you think losing Gaddis will have on recruiting in general, if any impact at all? Yeah, I think coming in Gaddis did do pretty well in the recruiting trail, um, landing guys like AJ Henning, um, Roman Wilson and, you know, guys like that, but it, it has kind of tailed off. Um, you mentioned Bellamy with Morian Walker. I don't really think they would have gotten Clemens if not for the big um, Big Ten championship 
you know, season. They weren't, they were in it for a while, but then they dropped out until the season. So I think uh, that was just more of the team success than any recruiting effort. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, it's not as huge of a loss, you know, taking on the coordinator responsibilities is a big task in its own. So coordinators usually don't have as much time to recruit themselves, but um, it is, I think moving Bellamy to receivers would will uh, help out a lot with that uh, recruiting that position. Although I do think um, losing Gaddis, like looking ahead to the 23 class, um, it's going to take a big hit with Jalen Brown, the five-star from Miami. Um, that was kind of the top guy on the board um, that Gaddis was recruiting. Um, you know, he still, Michigan still has a connection to Desmond Howard there since he volunteers uh, coaches at, uh, Brown school. So, the, you know, obviously that connection will always be there and it won't really matter who's coaching at Michigan um, that Howard will always plug them. But uh, I still think it's going to be a hit, especially considering Gaddis is going to Miami and that's where yeah. Brown is from. So I think that's, uh, you know, what makes it harder uh, to land. But, you know, Cardinal Tate is down IMG. IMG, he's originally from Illinois. It's another receiver. I could see, you know, Michigan's chances weren't great to begin with there, but uh, those will probably decrease. Um, so, you know, there's a few guys like that that uh, Michigan will have to kind of overcome there, but I don't I don't think it's anything that Bellamy can't uh, replace or even exceed if he gets moved to that position. Yeah, I think Bellamy will be better in the long run for sure if he does indeed get the, uh, I, I guess not really a promotion, but switched over from safeties to wide receiver. I think it's just a shoe-in at this point. It, it's the right move. Um, uh, secondly, I, I feel like you... <laughs> I feel like you read my uh, my show notes here again, John, because I had Jalen Brown's name uh, pretty much bolded right here because I think that he's really like the main guy that's going to have Michigan's chances kind of uh, it's it's going to hurt definitely uh, with Gaddis moving forward is with Jalen Brown. Uh, like you mentioned, the five star receiver from Miami, I would venture to say that I agree with you. I think. Miami is, uh, honestly, I, I would say that the Hurricanes are, are like the odds on favorite to land him now that Gaddis is down there, uh, just with the relationship that they had. And now he's at Miami. He was already getting recruited by Cristobal, the head coach down there as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that seems like a shoe in for me as well. So um, other than those guys, though, I don't really see it impacting a ton of the other guys moving forward in the 2023 class and maybe that's just me being ignorant to the the work that Josh Gaddis was doing with some of the other guys in the 23 class. But I mean, from top to bottom, the top targets that they were going after weren't really because of Josh Gaddis. It was more so Josh Gaddis just being that guy around um, as the offensive coordinator, as the wide receivers coach uh, that would throw his hat into the ring every now and then. But if you go on 24 seven sports is uh, the prospects page, for Michigan in the 23 class, and you start clicking on some of these offensive players, more often than not, you're going to see uh, Sharon Moore. You're going to see Ron Bellamy. Uh, you're going to see some of these other guys, other assistant coaches that Michigan's had on staff that quite frankly, have just been hustling to uh, try and get these guys um, to try and commit to Michigan. So do you think it could impact anybody else? Am I just being that ignorant, John, or do you think it was mainly just Brown? And then, I mean, like you said, with Carnell Tate, I think that was kind of like an outside looking in for Michigan anyways. I feel like that's more of like, if he's going to go to a Midwest program, it's probably going to be Notre Dame or Ohio state. 
But uh, do you think it could impact with anybody else or would that about be it? Um, I mean, Dante Moore, it'll definitely have an impact with, I think just, you know, with the offensive coordinator, there's also word that he doesn't really connect with Matt Weiss that well. And he's supposed to be the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, being promoted to that role soon. So I think that's um, going to be something that the staff is going to have to uh, find a way to overcome. Cause you know, more is, you know, the number one top target with a bullet. Um, and, you know, you can't really afford to lose him really, especially if he's going to go to like Notre Dame or Ohio state, that would really sting. So I think, uh, you know, getting someone that can connect with him on the staff, uh, recruiting him, if that's Bellamy or Mike Hart or someone like that, uh, that on the offensive side of the ball, that can still uh, keep that vision going and show him uh, that Michigan's system is quarterback friendly will definitely, uh, I think, play a part in his recruitment. Yeah, I, I I guess you're right with that. I, I could see it kind of being detrimental to Dante Moore as well, uh, five-star quarterback from the state of Michigan. Um, yeah, just with the relationship or lack thereof that he reportedly has with Matt Weiss doesn't really seem good for Michigan's chances at this point. Perhaps if Matt Weiss does get the offensive coordinator position, uh, they end up hiring somebody else to replace him to coach the quarterbacks, although I would imagine that it probably wouldn't happen. They would probably just allow him to continue coaching quarterbacks, much like how Gaddis coached the wide receivers. Obviously, that still remains to be seen. Nothing's been officially made, uh, re- released yet on Michigan's Twitter or, you know, in no press release or anything like that yet. Um, so that, that all remains to be seen. It's, it's a huge question mark at this point. But, yeah, I, I would say as, as far as Dante Moore goes, uh, they certainly do have some work to do in that recruitment. That's for sure. At, at least that's what it sounds like. Um, but, yeah, I, I would imagine it, it probably wouldn't have too much of an impact on many of the other guys. So I, I honestly don't really see Gaddis's departure as a huge detriment to the program. I, I would say as long as the offense kind of stays intact, which I think it will because they're not losing a ton in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, Hassan Haskins was a huge part of the offense this past year, but you're getting Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum to be your running backs. You still got McNamara and McCarthy dueling it out for the quarterback position. We'll see what happens there. And then with the offensive line that they've got and the wide receivers that they've got coming back, uh, the only wide receiver that they've got uh, leaving was a guy that didn't even really play that much. And you got Ronnie Bell coming back this season as well. So I, I think if anything, the offense would take a step forward and hopefully that would be enough to convince Dante Moore that Michigan is still a good school for him to potentially choose to go to college for. Um, uh, that's that's really all I got here, John. Any other final thoughts for you, my friend? No, I think we covered it. All right. Well, I uh, hate hate to cut the podcast so short today, but it's been kind of a little little quiet on the recruiting trail. But we want to at least talk about uh, Cole Cabana and then the, that recruiting impact uh, for Josh Gaddis. So hopefully we can get some more good news next week, John. Maybe. Um, you know, maybe the snowstorm is what it took to get some good news. So maybe we'll uh, be praying for more snow, question mark. Probably not. Um, I, I never wish for anything like that. I, I don't know how you are, John, but I just, I hate it. I'm, I got my fill for this year. I'm ready to move <laughs> to the slush stage. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ready for the, the spring to be sprung and 
for March Madness to roll around, even though it, it looks like the Wolverines may not be a part of that. But uh, regardless, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back next week with some more recruiting news for sure. And until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. You can follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff. We're there. And uh, if you check out any of our other podcasts like Brewcast or Blue by 90, any of our other podcasts that we have here out of the blue as well, um, be sure to give all of our podcasts five-star reviews. We would certainly appreciate that. And check out the YouTube channel. We're posting some of the podcasts over there from time to time as well. We would certainly appreciate all the support that you can possibly give us. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll be back next week with more Michigan football recruiting. Until then, go Blue.